Hello, this is Brian Auten of Apologetics 315, and we are reading Is God Just a Human Invention? and 17 Other Questions Raised by the New Atheists by Sean McDowell and Jonathan Morrow. This is Chapter 18, and I'm joined by co-author Jonathan Morrow. Well, finally, Chapter 18. It's entitled, Why Jesus Instead of the Flying Spaghetti Monster? Now, some people might need some information about this flying spaghetti monster, Jonathan. What are you dealing with here? Yeah, well, this 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 is a common uh, objection raised by people like Richard Dawkins, um, who basically say, well, this flying spaghetti monster, there's as much evidence for the flying spaghetti monster, which is basically a mythic creature that doesn't exist, um, we, and then there, there's as much evidence for him as there is for the for Jesus or God or Zeus or Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy. So that's kind of the context for the flying spaghetti monster. But what we try to do in this pass in this in this uh, chapter is to take these arguments head on and say, okay, well, look, did this person Jesus ever exist? Are the New Testament Gospels reliable historically speaking? And then we try to, and this is an interesting question, how do we know what the earliest Christians believed about Jesus before there was a Bible? We, we get into that uh, discussion here, and there's some really encouraging and solid evidence for how we recover the, the earliest belief about orthodox, orthodox belief in Christ and the resurrection. Um, we, we also t- examine claims, did, did Jesus actually claim to be God? You know, Richard Dawkins claims that there's no evidence that he, that he could ever claim to be God. We, we engage that as well. And so we also conclude the chapter by talking a little bit about what, is, what does it mean that Jesus is exclusive and the exclusivity objection. Is that fair? But the, the reality is, is Jesus is the most compelling person in history. And everyone will, at the end of the day, have to figure out what they're going to do with Jesus. Who do you say that I am? That was the way that he framed it in, in the Gospels. And that's, that's an important, I mean, I think, central question in life. Was Jesus who he claimed to be? If he was, wow, that makes all the difference. And then we wrap up this chapter with an interview with prominent New Testament scholar Daryl Bach, who talks about his own journey of how he came to know Christ and, and how his studies have related to um, his growth and his faith being strengthened as a Christian, and he's one of the top New Testament scholars out there, period. Um, and so, so the reader will really enjoy that. But this question is so important uh, that there's good evidence for Jesus, there's good evidence that he was who he claimed to be, that, that eternal life is genuinely offered through him. And so anytime we can make the conversation about Jesus when we're having a conversation with our atheist friends, that's an important thing because he's a compelling person. Well, Jonathan, finally we've reached the end of our read-along series, and it's been a great journey. You conclude the book with A Tale of Two Ordinary Believers. What's the message that you want to end with? Yeah, what we tried to, to do in this book, both Sean and I, which, uh, which was great getting to write with Sean, is that, look, everybody has to answer these questions. Ordinary people, these questions aren't just for scholars. They're very personal. We all must weigh the evidence. We all must look at the objections and the arguments, and uh, it's not just a question. Belief in God's a complex thing, as we try to point out when we talk about both Richard Dawkins and the journey of Alistair McGrath, both of which Oxford-trained, tenured professors, and they came to very different conclusions about the evidence for God. And so why is that? Well, there's personal reasons for rejecting God, there's social reasons, and then there's intellectual reasons. And all three of those come together 
and we must weigh those as people. And we talk about our stories in this final chapter and kind of how we came to know and put our trust. But one of the things that, that, that we would want to encourage the reader to think about is, and in, in the conversations that you have with other people, is that it's impossible to stay neutral on this question. Um, at some point, you're going to have to trust or reject. Every person will. And there'll always be more evidence to consider. Um, and so what you need to do is come to a place in your own mind and your own heart when you've, you know what, I have investigated, I've looked at the evidence, um, you know, I've got enough evidence to act on. The fact is, whether it's like a marriage or like, a, like you're hiring somebody for a job, You'll never know. There's an element of not knowing until you actually trust and enter into a relationship with another person. And God is a divine person, and that's a relationship. And so there's an element of, you know what? I've investigated. I still have questions and doubts, perhaps, but I'm going to move forward. And that's what we kind of close out talking about how to do that and why that's important in life. Thanks, Jonathan. And I hope you'll read along with Apologetics 315.